Hello and welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here, where we ponder life from a biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Come, let's ponder these things together. So the last time we met with our couple, it was the end of chapter four, and they were together in the garden of love. The last verse of chapter four says, Awake, O north wind, and come thou south. Blow upon my garden that the spices thereof may flow out. Let my beloved come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruits. It was the invitation of the bride for the groom to join her. And in their privacy, they were together in love. The first verse in chapter 5 says, I am come into my garden, my sister, my spouse. I have gathered my myrrh and my spice. I have eaten my honeycomb with my honey. I have drunk my wine with my milk. Eat, O friends, drink. Yes, drink abundantly, O beloved. Hooray! Here, the first half of the entire book comes to close. In answer to the bride's invitation to the groom to come into her garden, the groom does not hesitate to enter into communion with her. In the privacy of the bridegroom's home, the relationship is consummated. Now the bridegroom, or according to some commentators, the groom's father, announces that they are one. In a Hebrew wedding, the Hebrew culture, a week-long celebration took place, and the bride and the groom were in private amidst the wedding guests until the marriage is consummated at the father's house. Then the groom or the father makes an announcement and the wedding guests are invited to drink and eat abundantly, for it is a joyous occasion. Even though the surprise speaker at the end of the verse is disagreed upon, it brings to light a great oneness, wholeness, completeness. We see the bride and the bridegroom, the father, the wedding guests, family and friends, a deeper sense of the full picture of eternity and family. If we take a look at other passages of Scripture, we can see in 1 Corinthians 7 the mutual physical love between husband and wife. In Revelation 19 and also in 22, we can see Jesus and his bride or the church. And in Ezekiel 16, the father's faithless bride. Yet remembered, we see the father and Israel. So there are different outlooks in this particular analogy of Song of Solomon, but all point to the truth. In verse 2, we continue, I sleep, but my heart waketh. It is the voice of my beloved that knocketh, saying, Open to me, my sister, my dove, my love, my undefiled, for my head is filled with dew and my locks with the drops of the night. Oh, I have put off my coat. How shall I put it on? I have washed my feet. How shall I defile them? My beloved put his hand by the hole of the door, and my bowels were moved for him. I rose up to open to my beloved, and my hands dropped with myrrh, and my fingers with sweet-smelling myrrh upon the handles of the lock. I opened to my beloved, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. Oh, my soul failed when he spake. I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave no answer. The watchmen that went out about the city found me, and they smote me. They wounded me. The keepers of the walls took away my veil from me. 
I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I am sick of love. What is thy beloved more than another beloved, O thou fairest among women? What is thy beloved more than any other beloved, that thou dost so charge us? After the invitation to come into her garden, and the feasting which followed, the evening soon ended, and the comfort of the bed in the middle of the night kept the bride from rising up to meet her beloved as he called to her. Let's get the right picture here. She's groggy from the feasting and making merry, and she hears not a light tap on the door and, Honey, are you there? But more like a loud, thunderous voice knocking, yet tenderly he says, My love, my love, my sister, my dove, my undefiled, let me in. How many times do we hear our Lord call us in the middle of the night, and we answer, Oh, not now, Lord. The neighbors' motorcycles are finally parked for the night. The boys are home safe. My husband is snoring quietly now, and I just got comfortable. I don't want to get out of bed. Besides, I'm not feeling well, and I need my sleep. Yes, that's it, Lord. You know, I need my beauty sleep, remember? I need to sleep tonight so I can meet with you in the morning, remember? Oh, slow in answering to the call of her beloved, she not only heard him, but smells of his fragrance at the door, and she was just too slow in opening the door of her heart to him. Don't let your love grow cold as the maiden did. Don't let your senses grow dull. Eventually, she runs to meet him, only to find that he has withdrawn himself from her door. Her breath leaves her when she thinks of the tender words he has spoken after waking her. Sometimes our Lord will leave us alone for a while to remind us to not take him for granted, but to make the most of the opportunities he gives us to be with him and serve him. During this dreamlike scene, the maiden says, Where are you? While she is out looking for her bridegroom, in this dream the guards of the city beat and bruised her and took away her veil. By taking away her veil, the guards are implying that she is not in submission to her husband. If she were, she would not have treated him in such a manner. Unfortunately, too often it is the church that mocks those that have wandered away from close communion with Christ. And instead of restoring them as Christ does, they come down harshly on them. What does the Bible tell us? Our responses should be to a fellow believer not acting according to God's will? And what is the warning for our own heart in such a case? Well, let's remember what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in a transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. As we finish in verse 9, after taking their abuse, she makes them swear that if they see her beloved, that they will tell him that she misses him so much that it hurts. Her passionate cries to the daughters of Jerusalem made them stop and take interest in who this beloved is compared to any other. Notice she did not tell them, oh, you're going to get yours when I find my beloved. No, she holds her tongue and asks them to tell him, I love him dearly and miss him and need him desperately. As we walk this life, when times are good and when times are hard, others around us watch to see how we handle things. 
How come she can go through all that and not fall apart? Hopefully they will come to the conclusion, I want what she has. And she has Jesus. Cling to him through the storms of life and you will find that neighbors, co-workers, friends, all of them may come to you for an answer for the hope that is within you. And when they do, point them to Jesus. Give him the glory and the honor due his name and praise him.
Find Moments with Moni on any Apple or Android podcast player or at my blog, Moments with Moni, or on a new community Facebook group. Come join the conversation. Thanks for listening. God bless you.